If you would turn in your Bibles to uh, 1 Corinthians 6, we're going to start at verse 19. It's found on page 1135. 1,135. Verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? whom you have from God, you are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God with your body. Freedom. It's something we as Americans enjoy every day. But I don't think it's something we always think about. Oh, we give it a little thought on a day like the 4th of July. But for many, it's just a day you get off from work, a day to spend with your family, a day to do some barbecuing. We can so easily take our freedom for, for, for granted in our country, and I think it shows. Often in midterm elections, only 20% of our country gets out to vote. 20%. That really is kind of sad. In America, where we have the right to vote, we don't always take advantage of it. Yet in other countries, like Afghanistan and countries in Africa, people will stand in line all day long in the hot, burning sun just for the privilege of voting. You don't often think about the gift of freedom until it's taken away. Until you live in a country where you can be imprisoned for your political and and religious beliefs. This is why the the freedom we enjoy in this country is truly a gift from God. 264 years ago, our forefathers pledged their honor and their lives to the formation of a new nation, free from outside interference and, and control. Listen to something that John Adams wrote the day before um, the 4th of July, Independence Day. He said this, I am apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. It ought to be commemorated as a day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to Almighty God. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade, with shows, games, sports, guns, bells, forget the bells, bonfires and illuminations from one end of the continent to the other from this time forward and forevermore. Our forefathers, they believed that the freedom we enjoy as a nation, as a country, was given to us by God. Even President Ronald Reagan back in the 80s, he acknowledged our our dependence on God as a nation. Listen to what he said. I believe with all my heart that standing up for America means standing up for the God who has blessed our land. We need God's help to guide our nation through stormy seas. We can't expect him to protect America in a crisis if we just leave him over on the shelf in our day-to-day living. So true. Sadly, though, I think as a, a nation, as a country, we've kind of strayed away from this. And more and more, it's not about what God can do for us, but it's about what we can do for ourselves, what we can do in our strength, our power. 
this lack of acknowledgement of God and forgetting his past blessings, it, it really, though, it, it shouldn't surprise us. Because while we do this as a nation, we also do this spiritually as well. We've been given the most incredible gift in Jesus, but over time, it's so easy to lose sight of it. You begin to take the freedom we have in Christ Jesus for granted. And you forget that freedom is never free. And so let's look at our text. And I'm, I'm basically going to follow three points. The gift of freedom, the cost of freedom, and the debt we owe because of our freedom. First, let's look at why our freedom is really such a, a gift from God. Romans 3.10 describes it like this. Really, it's looking at the opposite side of, of, of that freedom. There's no one righteous, not even one. There's no one who understands, no one who seeks God. There's no one who does good, not even one. That's the problem we all struggle with. Every one of us, it's called sin. And sin is in the world, and it's something we can't rid ourselves of totally until we get to heaven. Our best, says Isaiah 64, 6, is like filthy rags. If that wasn't bad enough, Romans 6.23 says the end result of sin is death. We're all facing it. Eternal death. And that really creates a problem for us. Because of the sin of Adam and Eve, sin holds us in bondage. And the Bible says that as a result of it, we deserve to be punished for eternity. And what makes it worse is we can't do anything about it. We, we can't fix this problem ourselves. It's only something that God can do for us. Thankfully, though, our, our problem was solved through Christ Jesus. Jesus provides a way for us to be right with God. His gift of freedom, it takes away our condemnation. Listen to how Romans 10, 9 puts this in verse 13. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. See, because of Jesus Christ, that debt has been paid and we are free. to satisfy his own justice and righteousness. I always like that image of, of Joseph in Egypt. And despite what his brothers did to him, what does Joseph in the end show to his brothers? Forgiveness. He could have enslaved them. He could have put them in prison. He could have ended their lives, but instead he offered them freedom. Our text says, that God has sent his Holy Spirit to live in us. And the only way the Holy Spirit can live in someone is if they're first a child of God. The Holy Spirit is a seal that we belong to Jesus, that the gift of salvation is now ours. But while this is the most wonderful gift that we can receive, there's no greater gift in all the world Yet we have to remember it was given to us at a great cost. And that's my second point, the cost of freedom. 
You ever had the privilege of going to Arlington Cemetery in Washington? You ever seen all those crosses, those tombstones? As far as the eye can see, no matter what direction you look, it just goes on and on and on. Or the Vietnam Memorial. You ever looked at all the names on that black granite? Name after name after name, it just seems to go on and on and on. Of men and women who gave their lives for their country. After seeing this, you can't help but wonder, what made all those people willing to die for our country? What made them willing to die? Clearly, they desired freedom. They desired freedom for themselves, for their, their families, for their friends and neighbors, but also they desired that freedom for other nations and other countries. Clearly, freedom's never free. It comes at a great cost, at a great cost of life. And that's the same with our spiritual freedom. It's the same. It comes at a great cost. Verse 20 of this passage says, We were bought at a price, and so you have to wonder, who did God pay this ransom price to? Did he pay it to the devil? A lot of people think that, but he's got nothing to do with that. He paid the price to himself. Now, this might sound confusing, but when you remember who God is, then I think it becomes a lot clearer. Our God is great and mighty. He's a God of mercy, a God of love, but he's also a God of justice and righteousness and holiness. While it's true, he does love us. Yet his very being, his very essence, it demands that our sin be punished. It has to be atoned for. Thankfully, he sent us Jesus. Through him, there's salvation. But there has to be a relationship with Christ. If you want to be free, then you have to enter into the freedom of Christ Jesus. You can't find that freedom on your own. See, and that's what God did for us. He provided a way. A way that we see running first all the way through the Old Testament. Sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice. And you might wonder, what, why? Why did all that blood need to be spilt? Well, it was teaching the people that innocent blood had to be shed to be in a right relationship with God because of our sin. And so they practiced this over and over and over until a day came when the Lamb of God came from heaven. Jesus, the Lamb of God, who eventually went to the cross and died there to take away our sins and to give us freedom. We can say that so easily, but how is it possible that God would give his one and only son for us, for you and me, and that he was willing to die in the most unimaginable way, horrible way? Would you stand by and watch as your son was being mocked and ridiculed and beaten and whipped and then nailed to a cross? Parents, think about that. If one of your children, if that was happening to them, would you just stand by and do nothing? Maybe it'd be a little easier if the people had been appreciative, but they weren't. 
All the people that were yelling, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. A little while later, they're all shouting, crucify him. Put him to death. That's what the world did. They took God's gift of love. They literally put him to death. There's a story told about a switchman in in charge of a bridge in Louisiana. Normally this bridge was sideways so that boats could go down the river without having to stop at the bridge. But three times a day when the train came by, the man who was in charge, he would move that bridge and turn it sideways and then lock it in place so that the bridge could then cross the river. One day as the man was preparing to move the bridge for a coming train, he realized that the locking mechanism wasn't working that he had in his booth. And the only way to secure that bridge and to lock it in place to keep it from moving, especially when the train came and all that vibration, was to run to the other side of the bridge and to hold a lever and lock it in place by by hand. So the man ran across the bridge to the other side where there was a lever switch he could use to lock it. But again, the only way to hold it that way was for him to stand right there. But by now the train was near and what the man heard next made his blood run cold. Daddy, what are you doing? His four-year-old son who had been sleeping in the control house had awoken and not seeing his dad, he started to cry. But when he saw his dad on the other side of the bridge, he impulsively began to run, to run across that bridge. The boy was halfway across when the train started to come across the bridge. The man knew that his son's only hope was for him to let go of that lever and run across that bridge and grab his son and jump. But if he did that, then the track would be out of place and all those people on the train would have died. It didn't take the man long to make his decision. The man cried as he held that lever to hold that train, the track in place for the train. And as the train passed him by, he could see people in the cars eating and sleeping and laughing, unaware of what just happened. His son's life had been sacrificed so that they could live. This was the incredible sacrifice that God made for us. But for God, it wasn't forced upon him like it was this man. But he willingly gave his son to die on the cross for our sins at a great cost to him. And as a result of that gift, listen to what, how heaven sings in, in Revelation 5. A new song is being sung about Jesus. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. John puts it even simpler than this when he says in John 8, 36, the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. And that leads to the third point. In light of the gift we've been given, the great cost of this gift, we owe a debt of gratitude to our God. 
Verse 20, you are not your own, but you were bought at a great price. Therefore glorify God with your body. We're not our own, but we belong to him. We're called to glorify him, not just on Sundays, but each and every day. We're to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to our God. This means you need to make him Lord of your mind, of your heart, your spirit, your bodies. You've got to make him Lord of all of us. While the gift of salvation is free, we can never pay God back for this gift. Yet we need to spend the rest of our lives showing him our gratitude. And the way we do that is by living for him. Living out his commandments, putting him first in our life. How does the Heidelberg Catechism put the debt of gratitude that we owe? That you are not your own, but you belong body and soul and life and in death to your faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus has freed you from sin, from worry, from fear. He has promised to meet all your needs, which enables us to do our Father's will. But it's ultimately a choice, isn't it? It's something we have to choose to do each day. Because I guarantee you the world is constantly calling to us, trying to get us sidetracked. And we've got to put the Lord first. This morning, how will you honor God for the gift of freedom that you've been given in Jesus? How will you honor God? Will you celebrate it once a year like we do the 4th of July? Or will you honor God every day? By showing him your thanks. But then not only just showing him your thanks, but then being ambassadors of that, of that gift. By going out into the world and sharing that gift with others. So that they too can walk in the very freedom that you enjoy every day. Arab chief tells a story of a spy who was captured and then sentenced to death by a, a general in the Persian army. The general had the strange custom of giving condemned criminals a choice of either going to the firing squad or going through a big black door. As the moment for execution drew near, the spy was brought to the Persian general who asked that question, will it be the firing squad or the big black door? The spy hesitated for a long time. It was a difficult decision. He chose the firing squad. Minutes later, shots rang out, confirming his execution. The general turned to his aide and he said, they always prefer the known to the unknown. The aide said, well, what lies behind the big black door? Freedom, the general replied. I've known only a few brave enough to go through it. What about you? What will you do with the freedom you've been given in Jesus? Will you walk through it? Do you hear the Lord knocking? Will you open the door and walk through? Or will you continue to to live in slavery to the things of this world? In Jesus Christ, there is freedom. It's something to shout and celebrate. Not just this time of year as we talk about freedom, but each and every day. What a gift we've been given. 
May we love others enough to be willing to offer it to them too. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for the gift of freedom we enjoy in this nation, but also, Lord, for the spiritual freedom we've, we can know through Jesus Christ. Father, if there's any here who've never asked Jesus to be their Lord and Savior, may this be the day that they can begin to walk in the freedom of Jesus. Holy Spirit, come upon us in power so that we might live for Christ. We ask this in his name. Amen. Let's stand and